So welcome to the work of trueness. Rick, you've been a partner in developing conversations around the three P's of passion, purpose, and presence. Tell us which resonates for you at this time and, and why. I think at this point in my life, purpose is the one that resonates the most. Um, I, I find myself surrounded uh, by the concept of purpose. And really in, in the work that I've been doing the past, let's say, year and a half or so, maybe even two years, the idea of finding a purpose has really you know, become a topic that, that, I, that has jumped out at me. And so I, I had, I think I've talked about Aaron Hurst and some of the folks over at Imperative before in the past. And it was really once I started working with them that some of these ideas about what purpose can mean in the work that we do and why it's important. I think it's it's really was working with them is the moment that, that it really started to come clear to me. And it's, I think it personally, I think it's something that we've been pursuing for a long time that we all do, right? And I know that I have, and it's been something that's been bothering me. And I'll say bothering me because it's sort of like, like when you've got an itch that gets worse and worse and worse, and you know it's something that you really need to get your arms around and you really need to to scratch. And I think... I articulated several years ago, with your help, Jeff, my desire and intent, which when I look at it now, I realize has a lot to do with purpose. So I feel like this is a journey that I've been on, maybe not consciously for a while, but, but I am now. I'm going to share my, you know, my desire and my intent. And, and it's funny because I just shared this with someone, someone yesterday. And essentially, there's three things, you know, that first is that I want people to do more than they thought possible as a result of interacting and working with me. Uh, the second thing is I want people to understand the value of personal leadership. And what I mean by that is, you know, being a leader of their own life, right, as opposed to following the current, right, trying to fight against the current to, to tack where it makes sense to do whatever you need to do to take that personal leadership, but also to then turn it externally and not be afraid to lead others, to look for the opportunities to lead others. Sometimes it's their small opportunities. Sometimes they're really huge, momentous, career shifting, life changing moments where you can take that leadership role, but look for those leadership moments. And then the third is to expand your influence as far as you can for the good of yourself and for those who you choose to lead and interact with and build relationships with. So I look at those three things and I realize those are all speaking to to purpose. You know, do more. I don't mean do more as in more hours a day. I mean, it's do more. Do the thing that you feel is your your reason for being on the earth, right? Personal leadership, that's about you can only do that well when you feel pretty comfortable with why you're here and why you're doing what you're doing. And the same thing with influence. You influence people effortlessly when you're connected to your purpose because other people see it and they're interested and they're like, that, I want more of that. I'm interested in that, so I'm going to follow this person and listen up because they might have something to say. For those listening, just point out something. Since we have been talking a lot about passion, purpose, and presence, while all three of those are Rick's purpose, without a doubt, if we break it apart, we can see the three Ps coming together for that larger purpose. Because ultimately, Rick, you, you're, again, part, just is not the complete P, 
piece, but part of your passion is that that first thing you said, that desire to that people can do more than they thought possible. And you, and you can't help but want that for others. And then there's the purpose part. If we, if we, you know, put this into three P's, the purpose part, which is about wanting them to being able to be able to expand their influence as far as they can. And you're drawn to that. And of course, you can't control that. And for those who read my stuff, they, you know, they, they have to get used to weird terms like creative tension, uh, which I, I'm sure I stole from Parker J. Palmer. That brings you to that middle, which is where people experience you, Rick, where people experience the presence of Rick. And, and that is where he wants you to understand the value of personal leadership and lead others courageously. But you couldn't just go right there without the others, without that purpose pulling you forward, without the passion to keep the energy moving in that direction so that in the present moment you do what you what you need to do, which then helps you do more than you thought possible. Yeah, you know, I, I certainly think I, I certainly think that that's, you know, one one approach. And, and we've talked about it before, like I think we mentioned it in, in a previous episode where, you know, it's one sometimes for some people, it's one of the three P's that you latch on to first that makes you aware of of what the cycle is. Um, right. but, you know, you, you said something about tension, which is very interesting because I think mental health is based on tension, right? I think when we when we hit the state of complete uh, stillness and tranquility, it might be good for the soul, but in some ways it can lead to, you know, becoming complacent and missing the opportunities to uh, participate more openly in life. Uh, Victor Frankl, right, in his book Man's Search for Meaning, uh, talks about tension, ironically. And I'm going to read... A little, a little, a little section of the book here that really stood out for me. And so I'm glad you brought tension up because I actually wanted to talk about tension a little bit. And so this is what he says. He says, tension is inherent in the human being and therefore is indispensable to mental well-being. We should not then be hesitant about challenging man with a potential meaning for him to fulfill. It is only thus that we evoke his will to meaning from its state of latency. I consider it a dangerous misconception of mental hygiene to assume that what man needs in the first place is equilibrium or, as it is called in biology, homeostasis, i.e. a tensionless state. What man actually needs is not a tensionless state, but rather the striving and struggling for a worthwhile goal, a freely chosen task. What he needs is not the discharge of tension at any cost, but the call of potential meeting waiting to be fulfilled by him. And when I read that, I thought about the idea of tension, particularly the way you talk about it, about maintaining that tension, just the right amount of tension so that you're on your toes, you know, you're activated, you're connected to your three P's, but not so much that, you know, you get an ulcer in the process and you pass out and, you know, <laughs> You snap. You know, those are those are those are two different things. So it's maintaining that tension. So I think it's it's funny that you brought that up because that was was completely unplanned. Yeah, trust us, it really was. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the last episode, right? We talked quite a bit about this idea of, of theory to practice, which in and of itself is a transition, ironically, right? Because you've got to go from the knowledge that you have to the application of it, right? You know, like I said, when I learn something, I say, okay, what now? I used to get frustrated a lot 
at the different models that are commonly used to assess personality and work preferences, you know, things like DISC and Insights and Myers-Briggs and like each one of those has a different degree of, I'll call it maturity, and I don't mean that condescendingly or judgmentally. I just mean in terms of what they offer people to do beyond the original insight that you gain from, you know, the assessment and maybe the, the first workshop you go through where uh, these things are sort of explained or, or uh, unveiled, right? And, and so I've always felt that they stopped short of giving me, this is me, right, what I needed in order to take the knowledge that I'd acquired and apply it to my life and my work. But over the years, I began to realize that the point of the models and the tools is not to provide ways to use the information necessarily, but really to provide the information, right? And again, that's not judgmental. The main, the main purpose of these things is to provide you with this information within the context of the model, similar to what we do with the three P's, right? Because we've said before, if three P's don't resonate with people, then that's cool. You know, you can, you can come up with a different model, but just still listen to the things that we're talking about because I still think there's value in them. Um, so d it's definitely not an admonition. admonition. It, it's simply a statement of fact. So the work of applying the concepts to life, though, right, that's, that's actually very personal. And that's what makes the work really, really hard to do. And I think that's a lot of times why these models have to stop at a certain point, because they are handing over the reins to you, the the uh, individual. And, and general, generalizations normally just get us only part of the way through the journey, right? And we talked about the mountain in the distance, right? Part of the, we only get through part of that journey into the undiscovered country using these models. And so I think that's where a lot of people get frustrated because they'll they'll go down the path and they'll be like, ah, this is not the right path, and they'll start over again. And so you're you're constantly making these little trails into this undiscovered country, never quite getting as far as you wanted to get because these models and these tools and, and these ideas fall short. And it's not that they fall short, it's that we fall short. And so there's something else that Viktor Frankl says that was interesting to me. And basically he says we should not be asking the question to to the universe, why am I here? We should be recognizing that the universe is asking us that question. So it's not a question asked by us. It is actually asked of us. Why are you here? And I think that's where people like you and me, Jeff, come in. And what, I mean, what I mean by that is, you know, I've mentioned before that you and I are a model agnostic. I said that last time. And, and yeah. I think that's true, right, to a certain extent. But we're willing to go down, adventure down all kinds of paths. Um, and we also have models that, that we prefer, right? So I'm, I'm big on the imperative model right now. I like the questions that it answers. Insights has been impactful for me in my life. Earlier in my career, the DISC model was a very interesting tool, and it helped me realize a lot of things about myself. But the most important thing is that we're here, ready, willing, and able to take or, or to take on and begin where these models leave off for other people. And I think that's part of what we're trying to do here. And in, in my mind, that's really the place, right? It's, it's, it's often that the hard, scary work is figuring out what to do next, right? Of customizing the individual experience. But we want to do that. And we're willing to do that with anyone who wants to and is willing to engage. And I think that's what the work of trueness is all about in this community that you're building. So in my mind, taking that step, that's the crucial moment when theory becomes practice. I feel like I'm surrounded by transition at this particular moment in my life. 
and I, and I've, I mentioned this this to you before, Jeff, that we become acutely aware of things once they've been pointed out to us. You know, colors, smells, tastes, the way people sm- uh, spell things. You know, when once it's pointed out, then all of a sudden we see it everywhere. It's not that all of a sudden this stuff is here. And this is how I feel about transition. It's not that all of a sudden it's here. It's that I have been slapped around by transition in the past couple of weeks to the extent that I'm now crystallizing these ideas about transition and the fact that transition is always there. I mean, you, you just have to look for it. And you'll find people, if not yourself, you'll find people who are going through transitions. And some of them are simple. You know, my life, the passing on of a loved one, a friend at work leaving and going on to new things, uh, a child beginning a new chapter in their life. I mean, you know, I could just I could just sit here and, and continue to list things. And that's that was just me personally. But then I can look outside to others. And I know people who are, you know, changing in their career, who are expecting their first child, who are working remotely for the first time in their life, right? Virtually, not in the office anymore. And then again, the list goes on and on and on and on. So transition is everywhere. And so I know we've made this point before, and and I think it was the last time that I mentioned it, but I believe that transition isn't the moment of change. That's, That's over and done with. Transition is everything that comes after you know whether you use you know something like the william bridges philosophy or model for approaching uh change all kinds of models so we'll go you know we talk about personality models now we can talk about you know transition and change management models and there's tons of stuff out there but the bottom line is that it's the transition where we get stuck um, and i would really like to cover that deeper more often in you know, the episodes to come, because I think there's things that will matter to everyone that will resonate with everyone. And hopefully we can provide tips and tools and some interest and maybe some direction for people to go to look for resources uh, or, or to come to us uh, and to start asking us questions directly that we would love to be able to answer here, you know, in, in these episodes as we're talking to everyone. Engage with us. Send us a question. Send us an idea. Send us a challenge. Tell us about a transition. Tell us a story. And then we can share that with the group. As you know, when we talk with a third party, you and I, we ask that person to give our listeners an, encour- an encouragement. Uh, so what encouragement would you give people today? For me, the thing that would be most important is to recognize that making that, tr- that shift right from or the transition from theory to practice. To your point, Jeff, it's it's a constant but don't be afraid to make that shift. Don't be afraid to go down the path that requires that, that hard work of taking what you know and figuring out how to do something with it. Because I think that richness of life comes from firsthand experience. And I think the universe gains texture and perspective when we test the models that are in our head in the real world. So, for example, and I wrote about this recently We know that small things make big things, right? Atoms make molecules, and molecules make basically everything else, right? And we know that atoms themselves have subatomic particles, and those things are made out of smaller things. And so the line of small goes down to places we can't see. The scale of big goes to sizes that we can't even perceive. But where we are here in the middle, we can observe. And human beings have been observing nature and taking the rules of nature 
and applying them to their lives, to their societies for, you know, thousands of years now. And it's a fundamental practice, I think, within humanity. And it's something that people have been doing for a long time and will continue to do. So there's absolutely no reason that you can't take that step yourself. Take a small step, but do it. Find something that's been bouncing around in your head, a piece of knowledge that you haven't taken from theory to practice, and just do it. Just like take this step and try to figure out what's the one small way I can take this thing that I learned today and apply it into my life. And I think that's the first step. Just take it. Find the thing, give it a shot, see what happens, doesn't work, do it again, and do it again, and do it again, and do it again. That would be my encouragement. Well, Rick, thank you for for letting me do this today. And it, it's it's just great being able to hear more about the, the, the P that is most resonant for you right now, purpose. And thank you for sharing that with us and helping us to uh, understand things like uh, difficult things to understand, like tension. I, I really enjoyed that. So thank you so much.